Today's guest is Siva Namasivayam, CEO of Cohere Health, an AI-powered platform that simplifies the time-consuming prior authorization process. Siva and the Cohere team are on a mission to transform prior authorization from an administrative burden to a frictionless way to ensure that patients are receiving the right care faster. Cohere's products fall into two categories. First, the automation products streamline the intake and decisioning of PA requests that providers are required to submit to payers to pre-approve certain treatments and medications. Second, their clinical innovation products use AI and machine learning to surface network performance insights for payers and recommended care pathways for providers. Prior to co-founding Cohere, Siva was the co-founder and CEO of CO Health Analytics, a healthcare predictive analytics company for health plans, providers, life sciences, and pharmacy benefit managers. The company was acquired by EXL for $250 million in 2018. Siva also served as the Senior Vice President and Chief Revenue Officer of Emphasis, an HP company, the Senior Vice President of Payer Services at Dell, and a Senior Software Engineer at Intel. Cohere raised their Series B of $46 million in July 2022 and doubled its growth in the last 12 months. Last year's round was led by Polaris Partners. Cohere is also backed by Longitude Capital, Deerfield Management, Flare Capital Partners, and Define Ventures. Welcome to the show, Siva. We're so excited to have you on this episode. To kick things off, we like to start every episode with the same question. So Siva, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? That's a very interesting question. When I was growing up, I always wanted to be an engineer, but I didn't know what type of engineer. So it used to evolve. First, I thought I would be building car. Then I said maybe buildings, then uh, maybe electronics, right? That was my dream. And you actually saw your childhood dream through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I got to follow through, but I started as an engineer and then uh, I migrated to building companies from building software to building companies. And did you see yourself as an entrepreneur early in your career or did that come later? That came later, uh, very much, especially when I was working at Intel. You know, that was my first job. I was deep in, deep, deep inside the computers. I used to do the, uh, you know, programming and uh, software and compilers or microprocessors. While I was working, I think in the third year or fourth year, I figured out that while I was very good as a programmer, what was even more interesting to me is how technology can be applied better to solve some real world problems. Because I know how thing, how computers work and how software works and things like that. I felt that I could actually explain the business problem and then see how we can apply technology to it. It's great to work in the code and understand computers, etc. But I would have uh, more fun actually solving business problems using computers. I did go to Michigan Business School, Ross, because I said I need to completely change my mindset from being an engineer to the world of business. That was a very good uh, transformation. Uh, from there, I said my eventual goal is to uh, be an entrepreneur and uh, build companies. So that's where my whole orientation turned towards being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Business school helped the transition from engineer to founder. Your last company, CO Health Analytics, some context for our listeners. CO Health Analytics provided predictive analytics and data insights to a variety of healthcare organizations focused on reducing unnecessary care and improving care quality. The company was a great success, selling to EXL for $250 million after 10 years of consistent growth. Siva, what led you to start Cohere after CO? 
Yeah, I think pretty similar to how I started CEO when I was working at EDS or something. I found that large players had invested a lot of money in developing big data warehouses. And then they didn't have many use cases (laughs) for that. And that's where I said, you know what? This data is sitting around. Let's try to use that and develop some use cases around payment and around population health. And that's how, you know, like CEO got started. We were actually on the payment side, looking at whether the payments were done correctly or not. We had to really look at if the care was rendered appropriately or not. But during payments, we sh- we cannot be looking at that. We are supposed to look only at payments. So during that time, I, I, I had the whole I, uh, idea was that, hey, we had brought very good framework to the payment industry, latest analytics, latest set of tools, why can't we do that to this whole utilization management with pre-care? If things were done appropriately, everything else will be straightened out. That's where I got the idea to focus on, uh, you know, utilization management and prior authorization. Yeah. So when you were building CO, you said, why can't we bring this same level of analytics to the prior auth process? If everyone's aligned before care is rendered, we can avoid any disagreements and delays on payments. Yeah, because we used to observe where the payment was being made and then the appropriate care was not provided, why waste the entire process and the patient was not getting the right care anyway? Why don't we change it? That makes sense. Now that we have a little background, could you walk us through the current products at a high level? What does the prior auth and healthcare utilization management process look like with Cohere? Yes. Our mission and actually vision is that we want to make sure that the patients get the right care at the right place at the right time. We want to make sure that the patients are receiving appropriate care with the right physician at the right place, which is optimized for their safety, comfort, as well as price. Our first big thing is around how can we we make sure is the patient getting the right medically necessary service via products that focus on the administrative side of how these requests are handled by the health plan. Okay, so those are your intelligent prior authorization products. Providers submit an authorization request to Cohere, who receives the request on behalf of the payers. Cohere then automatically digitizes the request, reviews it against the payer's policy, and returns a decision on whether or not it's appropriate as defined in the payer's policy. Yes. Got it. So those products focus on automating the ingestion, review, and approval of prior auth request. And the clinical innovation products that are specialty specific, could you share a little bit more about how those products work? The website says that Cohere reorients the PA process around a care path based on diagnosis instead of a service request. What does that mean? Today, most of the uh, authorizations are submitted um, submitted manually and reviewed manually. It takes time to make the decisions. Say if there are 100 authorizations to be worked on, at the end of the day, 85 to 90% of them need to be approved. The first piece is, how can we approve it immediately, real time? It's like going to a store, you buy something, you pay, and then it's done. So that's one of the biggest innovations that we have done. With Almost 90% of that can be immediately approved. That's because we use something called clinical care pathways. Uh, we know the patient. We know what type of risk and the clinical path they have taken, right? Clinical path means... Based on the diagnosis, you do therapy, then uh, pain injections. I'm just taking MSK example. 
or then you get a procedure, right? So we have created algorithms based on that. When a patient comes in and the provider submits it, we know at what point they are submitting it. And if the next service that's requested is the right one, we just immediately approve it. Then the rest of the 10%, we try to change. We try to have a conversation with the provider. For example, hey, looks like you are not doing something that is evidence-based. Can you do it this way? We believe that based on the patient's profile, this is it. We do it through our technology. We use a series of nudges and we find out that many times they accept it. We have products based on MSK, cardio, and we are working on diagnostic imaging and other specialties. Our focus is make sure that if something is correct, immediately approve it. The things that are questionable, try to work with the physician, see if you can come up with alternates, and then only you go and deny. And we are able to do most of it through the platform. And the care path that you mentioned, are those coming directly from payers or are you working with physician organizations to put those together? We do it from three or four sources. First of all, we partner with the associations, physician associations. They publish evidence-based guidelines. We want to make sure that physicians are comfortable practicing what is prescribed by their association, which is actually their their peer group, right? Instead of a health plan or cohere imposing something on them, we are actually depending on that. So that's first. Then we have a clinical advisory board of physicians who look at our care paths and they actually provide consulting. Then on top of it, we have in-house physicians that are continuously looking at it. Most of the stuff comes from the associations and the rest is complemented by the advisory board as well as our own internal physicians. And those nudges to the providers that recommend an alternative next step of care, are those coming through their EHR, the payer website, or your platform? Ideally, we would like you to go through EHRs. Our product is built that way. However, today, they use our application and it comes through that a nurse you know, that is on the physician side, they will actually respond to it or they will go and ask the physician and then they will respond. That's great. It, it's really looking at PA way beyond just a, a quick approval or just the, the reimbursement. Exactly. exactly. That's a big change. We have changed the, the prior authorization process into a quality improvement process and uh, we are getting credits for that. Yeah. Ultimately better for the patient as well, right? Exactly. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. We might find out in our data that patient of a certain profile, there have been some reactions and patient safety issues. We can actually nudge them out of that saying that based on the studies, this might not be the right uh, procedure. It's very difficult for physicians to be on on top of everything. Today, the whole delivery system is still broken. The physician that's seeing a patient sometimes doesn't know what all has happened to the patient. And the patient is sometimes not able to talk about that. The records is not available and things like that. But since we do have a longitudinal record of the patient, we can actually say that, hey, they have already gone through this procedure, don't repeat it. Or they have already gotten three pain injections just two weeks back. No, you need to wait for another eight weeks to be able to do that, things like that. Okay, so the providers are nudged if the service isn't aligned with the evidence-based care pathway for that patient's diagnosis, or if the service may be duplicative or harmful based on the patient's care history. How are the providers responding to those nudges? It's very positive. You know, we have a 65 NPS, which is uh, unheard of in the industry. 
even with the prior authorization process, which they hate, when you compare some of the other NPS courses that are available there, right? Yes, we have received very positive response from the market. Yes, prior authorization requests aren't typically an enjoyable process. And as you know, as a way to hopefully decrease the volume of prior authorizations required, there's been recent legislation passed allowing physicians to be gold carded, removing the prior authorization requirement for certain services if the physician has a high track record of PA approvals. Do you think that this is the best path forward to align payers and providers and help ease the administrative burden on physicians? I have mixed feelings about it. I think sometimes the the regulations start to prescribe solutions, uh, which actually doesn't even keep up with what is happening on the with technology. We we support the goal cutting process, but I, I I will tell you the issues with it. Magically, they have prescribed for X months. You know, you you will look at the you know utilization score them, and then you will actually give them a goal card for six months and then you review it mm-hmm. and then they have prescribed a number 90% 80% I don't know how they came up with it if a procedure is not required even 90% is not a good score in 10% of the cases can be a patient safety issue right what happens to the patient safety second problem is that since there's a time bound right boom the utilization will go up after some time it will come down the ideal scenario is green lighting, where with some of the intraoperative standards that are coming in, will make it painless. We will be listening in to the orders that are coming in. Physicians will continue to do their work. We will just be listening in on the orders. If the service is ordered and right, we will just let it go. There is no interference. Only when there is an issue, we will point that out, right? That's very dynamic. So that's where we want this to go in the next three to five years. That's what our green lighting process is. However, because these interoperability standards are not that in vogue, right? The first version of it is we ask them to just PDF their clinical note to our system, right? And we analyze it. And if we feel that it is fine, we let it go. We are addressing both the patient issue and we are also making sure that we are not interfering with the physician's workflow, right? So that's what our green lighting is. That has been very well received by the market. Previously, the the, the whole process was static. Sometimes the legislation, they don't understand that technology is now available where you can just listen in and only adverse things you can just pop off and, and act on it. So. so in Cohere's green lighting process, when you say you're listening in. The physicians are sending the order in the HR and it would go to Cohere system automatically, or do they still submit the PDF of their orders into your system? Right now, today they do send the, yes, the PDF and the PA form to our system. We are experimenting with it and hopefully we will be able to announce the client, uh, like major health system in the first, first half of next year where we will be listening in. So they don't even have to submit anything. That's where it's going. It's, it's called touchless authorization. Wow. This background monitoring of the physician orders that you're piloting, it sounds like it'll hopefully soon replace the draining prior authorization submission, the status checking, and the denials management processes. That's so much time back for physicians, UM nurses, patients, and of course, payers. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to our mission is it gets the patient 
the right care. Uh, and that is a big thing for us and for our clients. And I saw Cohere was testing a program with the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons that allowed the American Joint Replacement Registry participants to qualify for green lighting. Could you share a little bit more about that program and the results that came from it? It's still uh, running uh, because it, it does take a long time to collect the data. For physicians that have uh, submitted some substantial number of results, right, we do do that. So it is going well, but it's kind of disappointing that not many physicians are participating in that with AOS. I wish more did so that they can actually get uh, relaxation on the PA process. Okay. And one more clarifying question on green lighting. How would a physician qualify for green lighting under the Cohere platform? Are you working directly with their organizations or do they not qualify per se? You're just looking at each order individually in the background and flagging it if needed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's automatic. So it's based on the service. And if the service is, you know, high volume service and it's being done correctly, it just goes. Uh, and how do we know? The beauty is that we get physician behavior data. So we actually are measuring the physician behavior continuously. If they are proving to be very high quality and if they are basically doing the right thing, right, that's that's how they qualify. So Cohere is monitoring the test procedures and labs that the physician is ordering and constantly checking to see if those things are in line with the recommended care path for that patient's diagnosis. If the order is aligned and the outcomes are positive, the physician would qualify for this new green lighting, streamlined prior authorization process. Exactly, right, yes. Are they ordering things based on the care path? We know that this is the right evidence-based care path for a patient. Got it. So there are obviously a lot of benefits to adding AI to the PA process. However, there's been some criticism as well. ProPublica recently published that over a two-year period in 2022, Cigna physicians denied more than 300,000 claims as a part of their claims review process that used AI. They highlighted that Cigna doctors spent an average of 1.2 seconds on each case. With this little time spent by clinical experts on each case, AMA and other organizations have expressed concerns on how automation could negatively impact patient outcomes and keep patients from being reimbursed from the care that they actually need. Siva, what are your thoughts here? How do you define responsible AI and prior authorization? Are there guardrails built into Cohere's platform to protect patients? Oh, this is a great question. And we are one of the big proponents of responsible AI in the prior authorization prison. We are using AI mainly to make sure that whatever should have been approved, we are making it faster. We are not interfering with the patient or the provider, but we are saying that if the patient needs to get it, let's use the AI to get it faster, right? Got it. And what happens if AI finds that it's not in line with the recommended care path for that patient's diagnosis? We use that to say that, hey, can we talk to the uh, physician about a different procedure? Denial is never done using AI. It's always handled by a clinical person and uh, a physician who is certified in that specialty. They actually have a call, consulting call, where, again, the same thing are discussed, hey, can you do this appropriately, that other one, etc., right? We are using AI only to make things faster. I think that is a key difference. 
they are using it to deny we never use and it should not be used for that always it should be reviewed by a specialist who knows the subject matter expert and who can actually do the discussion there is a discussion always offered before a denial is done that's actually one of the main reasons why our denial rate is very very low you say that the denials are very low is that in comparison to let's say an insurer that's not using the coheres platform yes absolutely that's one of the very good results that makes the physicians happy i imagine it's making patients happier too they're probably getting care faster in some instances it's very difficult to quantify that but we have done surveys with the nurses we have seen data from uh, two days to 15 days in terms of faster access to care and the average is around 4 to 5 days in terms of the physicians getting access faster removing the red tape to help patients get care for 4 to 5 days sooner is a huge impact on patient satisfaction and potentially health outcomes yeah we reduce the back and forth that happens you know usually patient's care journey right where they tend to go to somebody things don't work then they go to somebody else that doesn't work and they who repeats the same thing we are taking out a lot of those variations it's a little bit more of a straight path the second thing is patient safety we are actually looking at quality scores for the patients that have gone through coherent and we are looking at for example you know outcomes right so that's also seems to be good right and there is a whole set of data that we are going to be publishing soon on basically the cms quality criteria plus other quality stuff that we will be publishing okay so it sounds like you all are really focused on speeding up the pa approval process as much as possible from a patient perspective i imagine that means faster access to care less time wasted on ineffective treatments and peace of mind that i'm getting the best care you're gathering a large amount of data on the patient's diagnosis past treatments outcomes etc a question that comes to mind for me as a patient is how can i get access to all that data and how can i get it to benefit me i guess it sounds like the answer's twofold first you mentioned that coheres data captures a longitudinal view of the patient's care to date across providers you take the burden off of the patient to have to communicate every piece of their care journey coheres looking at what the physician is doing and can quickly flag if it conflicts with something in the patient's care history. Second, you mentioned the quality and outcomes data. Do you see a future in which Cohere shares the provider quality data with patients or gives patients access to that that longitudinal record of care? We are actually looking at that. We work for health plans. Health plans are going to be sharing the patient data and patient outcomes in a portal or something like that i think that is coming i have seen that in couple of the uh, regulations that are coming in particular states and potentially even from cms so when those regulations come essentially the health plans that work with you will be able to easily turn on that capability yeah so cohere recently partnered with geisinger health system to reduce the administrative burden in their value based care programs could you share a little bit more around that partnership How does efficient prior authorization impact value-based care arrangements? The partnership is in, in is in multiple stages. The first thing is that we are really like helping them with their internal 
a system, we are automating it. That is actually going to be ending soon. Then the next step is going to be around the value-based. For example, uh, we are looking at a episodic-based authorization. Once we know that a particular service is going to be required, you know that there is going to be another five or ten services that need to be following, and we will bundle all of them together, and we will approve it. They, they want to actually do a joint replacement. Once that joint replacement is approved, there are various things, right? There is a DME equipment, there is a, a PT required, and then there is like a, some home rehab services, etc. You know, they need a walker and things like that, right? They don't have to go through and get the prior auth. So you can actually take the whole thing and approve it. And that makes it easier for the surgeon to potentially participate in an episode model. Now that you are doing it, then why don't you take the risk on this particular episode? Kohir has made this entirely simple for you to be able to do that. Again, we are not there yet because we are just finishing the implementation of the internal systems and that will be one of the next steps. Very exciting. So looking towards the future, do you see Cohere moving away from products that automate the intake and decisioning of prior auth requests and towards the background order monitoring products that we discussed earlier and the bundled payment products like what you're working on at Geisinger? Healthcare, right? Nothing changes overnight, right? So what we are finding is that very few clients are ready for that. Many clients are still in the making sure that they can get the process right. We are creating a journey for the client. Some clients are further along uh, and some clients are just at the starting gate, right? Yes, as they progress, we will be progressing our uh, offerings as well. Definitely. I'm excited to see how things evolve. Building on that, where do you see the company in the next five years? You know, we are seeing a lot of tailwinds in the market. One is the regulations. Second thing is that the use of AI and the various uh, latest and greatest technologies are getting a lot of play, and we are actually seeing tremendous benefit from the use of it. So those two are giving us quite a bit of a tailwind right now in terms of the deal flow. We want to continue growing in that path over the next three to five years. We want to develop the number of specialties that we are in, yeah, today, as I said, we are in MSK, cardiology, and just getting into diagnostic imaging. We need to expand the portfolio of specialties, right? So we want to have a much more comprehensive view. And then what we are getting today from the physician behavior and things like that, we want to come up with products out of that. That's the path that I see for the next five to six years. Market, uh, there are about 250 or so providers. There is a big market out there. How do we get... Uh, the market, and then add on products. That's pretty much going to be the strategy over the next five years. And we expect hopefully to be five times larger than where we are today. Very exciting. Finally, I know Cohere's mission will resonate with a lot of our listeners and they'll be excited to join the team. Are you currently hiring? The good news is yes. You know, in fact, recently LinkedIn picked us as one of the top five software companies in the country to work for. We are growing like crazy. So there is plenty of opportunity for people that want to be involved in a mission. At the end of the day, we are trying to simplify life for the 
patients and providers, but at the same time have some fun and advance their career. All right. Thank you for joining, Siva. Everyone check out Cohere's website to learn more about how they are transforming the prior authorization process. <laughs>